This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No Block, No Rock, episode 16. We've got another interview coming up for you guys. We have former Nebraska linebacker, former black shirt, former team captain, Josh Banderas. But before we get to the interview, Mike, hit us with the Javi's info. Javi's info this week. If you haven't been to Javi's, go give it a try. But this week I want to tell you about their catering. If you're going to ever have a large event, Javi's does excellent catering. Uh, they, they do nachos, tacos, anything you need. Javi's has got the hookup. If you need that, they actually just built their second location, which is even better for their catering. So, yeah, if you haven't had hobbies, go give it a try. All right, let's take it to the Banderas interview. Josh Banderas, we want to thank you for taking some time out to join the No Block, No Rock podcast. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I know we've been kind of bouncing around trying to get it to work, but I'm, I'm glad we finally got it. Hey, me too. Me too. Yeah. I guess we'll start off with, you know, it's the spring. Just got done with the spring game um, a couple days ago. I just kind of want to get your take and, you know, assuming that you've been following the team relatively closely. I just wanted to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I still know guys on there. Okay. And I just wanted to know kind of your assessment of the defense in particular. There's been a lot of optimism for that side of the ball. Um, I think it could be argued that that's probably a strength going into this year. And I don't think a lot of people saw it that way with, you know, year four of Frost, you know, is offensive mind and all that. I just want your assessment on the defense, maybe like specific players and your thoughts on them. I mean, to be honest, at the beginning, before last season, defense was kind of the thing I was worried about the most. I was pretty confident with our, with our secondary, with, with DCAP and uh, Markel and everybody, you know, being veteran guys back there. So I was confident in our secondary, but our front seven, I was a little bit worried. I mean, we, we lost a lot of meat up front, uh, a lot of experience, and they they showed up, man. I mean, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Our, our linebackers played well, um, and and the D line for, I mean, I call them a bunch. It was kind of a hodgepodge mix of guys, and you got Stilly and and guys that have been in there before. But still, you saw some new faces in there, and and they they held their own. I was pretty impressed, and um, you know, I'm I'm pretty biased. I I, I got to coach Luke Reimer a little bit, uh, his senior year in high school, so he's kind of. He's kind of my 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 highlight. Anytime I talk about uh, uh, Nebraska defense, uh, so I'm looking forward to him. And obviously, it's you know losing losing Honus. I mean that's that's killer. That's man. killer, man. Your heart, uh, you mean your heart goes out for him. He was going to be the the you know super senior leader on the team, and he, he's a he had a, a good year last year, banged up by some injuries, but this was supposed to be you know time to come back healthy, strong, and 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 put on a good show on the field. So. I mean, that hurts, but I, I, I really don't see any reason why they should, shouldn't take a step forward from last year with the guys coming back. Do you see a top 50 kind of total defense kind of potential from these guys? Is that off the, off the reservation? I don't think it's off the reservation. I don't think we're going to be anywhere like drastically above that. I think that's kind of right where, 
right where we're going to sit. I don't know if we've truly, truly locked into an identity. You know what I mean? Like with Bo, Bo had plenty of time to, to, you know, really get everybody kind of up to snuff on everything. And, and everybody knew that he was a, you know, kind of a bracket over front bracket team. Um, and we've kind of bounced around a couple of years with Chin's defense on, on what he wants to do with the fronts and, um, you know, the amount of movement and the amount of pressures we do. I, I don't know if we've really kind of sunk our teeth into what, what, you know, is going to fit in best with this big 10. You know, I think that was kind of one of the main things is here's my defense. And like when they first got here, they're going to say, we're going to make the big 10 adapt to us, which is great. I loved it. But at the same time, it's not maybe the most realistic. So, I, I mean, the coaches are, are learning, obviously. And, and if there's a year that we're going to have the best defense, this is definitely going to be the year. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And, yeah, to, you know, to your point, like, oh, yeah, we loved it when Frost came out and said, like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, man. the Big Ten's going to, you know, adapt to us. And it's like – <laughs> you might be yeah. those words now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we loved it when he said it at the time. Yeah. We were like, okay, it was great. let's go, man. Yeah. Now it's insert foot into mouth. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the risk, man. I mean, you come out, you come out talking, talking a little smack, and you come out hot. There's yep. a chance it's gonna it's gonna bite you. And it, it might it's, it's it's been pretty hard so far. Yeah. Yeah. But if it works and you look like a, a badass oh, genius. You're a genius. Yeah, yeah, you're a genius, so. man, for sure. <laughs> So, so sticking with the linebackers, I feel like this year might be the most depth we ever had at that inside position, like a position you played at in Nebraska. Would you agree? I know that you're talking about Reimer being, being one of your boys there, but with, with uh, Reimer and Heinrich kind of in the middle, I, I feel like they're, they're in pretty good hands, don't you think? I think so. Uh, Athletically-wise, I think they're in good hands. Um, obviously, they're – I mean, they're what are they? They're juniors now, yeah. So I mean, they've got game experience, but at the same time, they had Colin and Will, who got uh, you know a majority of the snaps, and you had uh, you know Mo the year before who got the snaps. So yeah, they've been in games and they're used to it. But there's a difference to, to when you, I mean you're the guy, right? Now that, right. Now that <laughs> yeah. Will Will's down, I mean you guys are the guys. There's not a whole lot to fall back on. And um, the new kid who's a transfer, actually, just watching him a little bit. He's I mean. He's athletic too. So we got three pretty athletic dudes that, you know, can make up for some mental errors um, just because of, of, of what they can do naturally. But yeah. uh, I, 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 like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't see any falling off there. I think that they're going to be fine and, and they're a smart enough group to, to figure out kind of the scheme and all the game plans and everything. Awesome. So, so you're a, a Lincoln kid. Right. Grew up in Nebraska. You you knew it was all about. Can you talk about maybe your recruiting process when you decided to to come to Nebraska? Were you a scholarship kid or did you were you a walk on? What? How did how did you I don't I don't remember how to guess. How did you go about getting at the university? It's a long time ago, man. It, it's it's things are getting back. I'm two years away from a, a 10 year high school reunion. You're nine years away. You know what I mean? We're, just, <laughs> yeah. I Thanks for we're all you're all well, yeah, we're getting uh getting up there, man. Where we're you know, college kids are you call them kids now, I guess. I don't know. Right. But uh <laughs> yeah, it was pretty straightforward, man. I uh I got on varsity my my sophomore year in high school and you know, kind of okay, banged up a little bit, but then junior year it kind of kind of came out a little bit and, um, you know, got the Nebraska offer, but I, I was never going anywhere, man. This was, this was, this was home sweet home. You know, my dad played here. I wasn't going anywhere. And I actually had, uh, 
So I was the second second recruit in the 2013 class, but I was the first one that actually ended up coming here. Marcus McWilson went to um, Kentucky. So I was kind of helping re- the coaches recruit, you know, like talking to talking to the other guys, Stephen Carter to this day, I'll still make fun of me. Like, why'd you message me like Merry Christmas on Facebook? Like <laughs> I didn't even know you, you know what I mean? But uh, so no, I wasn't going anywhere. I actually had, had, had talked to coach Polini. I went in and I'm like, you know, I, you know, I'm coming here. There's not a doubt in your mind, not a doubt in my mind. I'm coming here, but can I take my other official visits? Like, I want to, I want to go to these other places and get a free, you know, free experience and, oh, and yeah, you yeah. know, all that stuff. And, yeah, oh yeah, you would think, right? But no, very quick no, because you know it, it doesn't look good for the other recruits. Like, hey, this is your first commit. He's supposed to be the guy that's telling me to come here, and he just went and visited, you know, this other place. So that was a quick no. But uh, it was it was an odd recruiting process because I'm from here. I had already been around all the coaches. I could go down there whenever I wanted and see them. And now my official visit, I got to stay in a hotel. But why am I going to stay in a hotel when I live five yeah. minutes away? You know, so <laughs> it, it, it was a little, it was a little unorthodox recruiting process, but uh, it was good nonetheless. I mean, yeah, I got to go to Nebraska. It was great. Yeah. So was there, was there uh, like another team that was like recruiting you real hard that was really trying to, trying to push you out? Um, nobody. I mean, I got recruited to, to a lot of cool places, but the writing was kind of on the wall, man. And, and as soon as, as soon as I got the Nebraska offer, it took me like a week and I committed, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, and people, if you, if you do any, you know, research and, and history on me, you know, that my dad went there as soon as you're, you know, even thinking about me coming to a different place. So, right. um, you know, I, I, I tried my best to entertain uh, recruiters and be like, no, you know, I'm not set in stone just cause you know, well, you, know you want a little bit of love. Yeah. But, you want a little <laughs> attention. Yeah. Yeah. You want a little bit of attention, but uh, you know, I, I couldn't take it so far as to, you know, because that's that's burning a bridge if some guy's telling you like, oh, I'm not rock solid, but really I'm rock solid. So, right. um, you know, no, nobody really tried to pull too hard. And there's really nothing, nothing that anybody could have offered me unless, you know, one of the dudes in Tennessee hands me a McDonald's bag, you know. I was <laughs> <laughs> so, so sticking with this theme, um, your teammates with Brandon Riley. Yep. Right. So unfortunately. <laughs> we had him on a, um what was that a few weeks ago like a month ago yeah i don't know um i just kind of wanted to ask like was there any added pressure being an in-state player like did you feel any added pressure to perform or like and since you're you're a legacy guy did you feel any added pressure um maybe a little bit uh i don't think it's different than anybody like especially now with all the social media and stuff, like every recruit that goes somewhere sees the hype about them. So maybe back before the you know the cell phones and the social media and all that, that the in-state guy, like yeah, you're gonna see all the articles and you're gonna see all this maybe about you. But you know, it's no different than when Terrell Newby or Johnny Stanton came in at the time, right? Everybody right. was tweeting about it, and this is the next guy, and 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 all this. So I don't think I felt any more pressure than than anyone else. You know what I mean? But it was it was definitely it was definitely a little cooler because kids you play then your senior year in high school they know that you're going to Nebraska so it's you know it's it's cool feeling like that and your friends obviously we've all been Nebraska fans our whole life and now you get to go down there so you go in the summer program the summer bridge program you know they're enjoying their last senior summer and oh what's it like man what's college like what are the you know what's this guy what's Taylor Martinez like and you know so that part's cool but I don't think there's any extra pressure okay yeah. 
Sticking with that that local theme type of thing too, did you take more pride in like wearing like your black shirt and stuff, being a you know growing up a Nebraska fan, carrying on that tradition that maybe you know your dad you know once had? Yeah, man, it was just the just because I've I've grown up that way. Um, like when I was really really little, I mean we didn't really we didn't watch a whole lot of Nebraska football, which I guess when you're which I kind of understand now once you're done like in the program, sometimes if you just get out of the habit or you move away, um, it's kind of hard to get back into it. Like I watch a lot of the games, even home games. I watch a lot of them on TV just because mm-hmm. a, I can't stand a lot of the fans because I don't want to, you guys don't know what you're talking Like these guys in the stands, right. like, you know what I mean? There's some drunk old dudes that have no idea what they're talking about. And they're right. Yeah. Cussing at this 18 year old kid and it drives me nuts and I don't want to get arrested or anything. So, <laughs> you know, I, I watch a lot of them at home, but, uh, no, man, I, I, I grew up knowing and meeting all my dad's friends who played back in the 80s and who, like, would talk about what the days when they played. So, yeah, I, I understood more about what the meeting was and when I got it, how special it was. And I actually returned the first black shirt that I ever earned because I didn't think that I was really playing up to snuff. And I, and I really remember the kind of the first – it was it was kind of my first start and it was the first touchdown I ever let up, and it was in South Stadium. And it was against UCLA. And I remember just kind of like turn around and kind of looking at the crowd. I'm like, I'm dang. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I felt it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I let you guys down. Don't boo me. That, that was, yeah. Like, uh, my bad, guys. And you got these, you know, old people in the front row right behind you. And they don't care. They're just enjoying the game. Yeah. You know, I, I understand more of the tradition. I do think that it meant, meant a little more to me than some of the other guys just because I've, I've been around it and I know who came before me. Cool. Okay. I just wanted to ask, and you were a freshman when this game happened, but I think one of the most overlooked Husker wins was that bowl game, that bowl win over Georgia in 2013. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah, the, the uh, Gator Bowl. Yep, yep. And – you know, excuse me for not knowing, but I don't know how much you played in that game or if you did, but yeah, yeah. I was a special teamer. Okay. Hey, there you go. So, you know, yeah, definitely a special teamer. So, Hey, we'll probably talk about special teams. So we'll see. (laughs) That's a bit, that's a healthy theme for us. But, um, I just wanted to know, cause you know, Georgia's seen a lot of recent success. And so when we won against them, it wasn't really like a huge deal, but kind of looking back, it's like, dang, that was a damn good win. Like, did you notice kind of the talent on the field that Georgia just stood out extra than anyone else? Not really, not really Georgia. And I don't know, maybe that's because they weren't, you know, the Kirby smart, they were just starting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They were kind of getting going. And uh, I think it was still Todd girl. I think he was still the back. So he, he was pretty good. And they had another DN that was pretty, Legit. But I, I mean, the SEC thing was still like that was still a topic. I remember we had mm-hmm. our joint dinner, dinner or whatever for the bowl games. And um, one of their guys was like, yeah, the only SEC talent on their team is Randy Gregory. And, you know, we were all a little butthurt by that. But it's, you know, we went out there and did it. But no, they they didn't feel like we looked at him and it was like, oh, crap. But I mean, I'll tell you about when we played Ohio State, though, uh, yeah. just watching their kickoff team and stuff it's there's a difference man like their kickoff and their special teams are full of four star five star guys that are just 
too young to play in front of the next, you know, top three NFL pick. You know, we got a lot of white walk-ons from Nebraska. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a little, little hey. difference between the between the lesser things. Like, hey, hey, no offense to those guys. Like, I love my boys, but it it's different. You know, yeah. that's when you really really saw saw and could feel like these guys are these guys are in a different league. We can compete at our best levels on offense and defense, but you know, when you start getting a little thin on special teams, that's when you that's that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, and I like, you know, looking at, you know, Ohio State now um, and then like Michigan when we played them a couple of years ago, you I mean, just mm-hmm. watching it on TV, you can you can tell there is a difference. And so, yeah, I guess this year, you know, with Frost and those guys bringing in all the size that they are at wide receiver and the offensive line, the defensive line, um, hopefully that stuff kind of starts moving in the right direction. But yeah, I, I totally I totally hear what you're saying, you know, looking across the field and being like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, and the unfortunate thing is the only way to get that, well, for lack of a better word, the oh shit factor is you got to win. Yep. Right? None of, I mean, none of those guys are going to be like, oh, sure. Like four star guys are be like, oh, sure. I'll go to Nebraska and, you know, I'll wait my turn and, and then get in when we're winning four games. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to go to Alabama where I'm going to accumulate six, six rings, conference championship, playoff wins and, 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 you know, championships. And then I'll get my play. Like that's an incentive, but when you don't win, it's hard to get, it's hard to get people to come. Right. Right. I did kind of want to ask you, you mentioned Ohio state already. Was there a team that maybe, how do I want to word this going into prep week where it was like, you didn't really have to do much prep. They were just kind of what you see is what you get. Like you felt like you didn't have to study every night but they're still a solid team. Like who in the big 10 kind right. of exemplifies that the most do you feel? Um, I mean, honestly, it's Iowa. Yeah. Like you still, pre- you're, you're obviously going to prepare the same uh, for every game, but uh, the, there's some, some teams obviously that have a lot more speed motion and then uh, a little more trickeration on offense and things like that. But no, I, I mean, you guys have watched it for your whole lives. Yeah. It's the most boring just mundane, dull offensive football you've ever seen. It's stretch left and stretch right, and every once in a while they hit a tight end. You know, it's, it's so boring, and you know what's coming, and you just got to stop it. And you know, and it, the most frustrating thing about it is it's not like some teams like Wisconsin. Uh, it's like okay, here's how they're going to do it, and this gap, and this gap, and this gap. You three fill it, and like if you guys three fill it, it's over. So it, there's. It's like a puzzle, right? Wisconsin's like a puzzle where Iowa is like a like a Jackson Pollock painting. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> <laughs> like they just they're just slumming it up and waiting for you to make a mistake. So you can game plan, you can scheme, and this is where you're supposed to be, but it never ends up like that. Like it's just they're a very boring team to play. You know what they're gonna do, and it's still difficult to stop. Gosh, I never never thought that we'd hear a Jackson Pollock reference. Oh, I tell you, hey. <laughs> I That's beautiful, deep, man. I got, I got a reservoir. God. <laughs> but you know, what's sad is you're, you're saying I was the most boring, the most, what you see is what you get. Isn't that kind of, do I dare it's, say it? Is that Nebraska in the nineties? Yeah. Like, you know what they're going to oh, do? Yeah. Nope. Obviously I was not on the same level, you know? No. Yeah. But right. you know what they're going to do? Well, here, here's the play. I'm writing it on the, the, on the uh, whiteboard for you, try to stop it. 
and it's yeah. it's kind of bringing back it's it's making me think like uh, maybe we just need to go back to kiss keep it simple stupid yeah i mean the only difference is is so i like i was i always say it like i was gonna be iowa every single week like they're gonna be at this level every single week and like what determines on if they win or they lose is what the other team plays at so like they could play ohio state but if ohio state plays like a lower level like i wouldn't play better ohio state just play you know what i mean they're gonna stay at this same level where like like the Nebraska 80s and 90s, like they were always up here. You right, know what I mean? right. So like their level was just always higher. I'm gonna dominate every time, but I was just they're steady Eddie. They're not gonna they're they're not like amazing at any position, well, except for tight end, I guess, but they're not amazing at any position where we were amazing at every position. So right. teams had to literally do crazy things and go above and beyond where teams that play Iowa just have to play the same or a little bit better. Right. And it, it's not, it's not as hard to do as, as playing the Nebraska's in the eighties, nineties. Cause we were, you know, we had the draft draft picks at every position. Yeah. 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 And I remember like them talking about like the orange bowl and they said the the line would literally be telling them like, this is the gap they're going to run. <laughs> this is what, this is what we're going to do on this play. And every time they you just saw like the sign of defeat. Yeah. You know? So I'm sure Ohio state could do that to us these last couple of years. And, it, we still oh, yeah. be able to stop them. I mean, right. geez, they're they're on like a whole other level too. Sticking yeah, with I Iowa, I don't have a whole lot of pride. <laughs> sticking with Iowa, what do you with, with talking about the bar, right? And then them just kind of being like a one trick pony. Why is it? I mean, is a rivalry game just different when you're in the trenches, or why why have we not been able to break? I want to call this the Bo Pelini curse now. Like we haven't beat Iowa since Bo got fired. Yeah. So can, yeah. can you explain that in any way? Like explain a rivalry game like that, or do you even consider it a rivalry? Like, um, I don't really consider it necessarily a rivalry just because we've got, we've got beat. You know what I mean? We it, usually rivalry rivalry games always come down the wire and they kind of split games every year and, you know, everybody gets into it, but I it was just kind of had our number lately or for the last, forever six years yeah. in a row yeah. we won yeah i i think i was maybe yeah 2000 what 14 yeah, yeah. 2014 is the last time we beat yeah uh-huh i won it was return like, and... like the little kenny bell catch or whatever yeah but uh no i i would say more of a rivalry game is a uh, northwestern just yep. because yeah doesn't matter northwestern could be last in the country and we could be first and it would still be a tight game overtime game for no reason so that's more of the rivalry game for for me, I guess. The Iowa game kind of got sprung on us, you know. Like here you go, here you're new in the conference, and now your rivals with Iowa. You know, it's tough tough to turn it into something when it hasn't been a good back and forth, and and there's really never been anything on the line. You know, Nebraska, Colorado, at least at one point they were top in the country, and the winner of that game usually ends up going on to win win something big. Yeah. So can, can you kind of explain, you know, going against like Wisconsin and Iowa, you know, those big like run first football teams. um, Can you kind of explain like what it's like every single play trying to meet somebody in the hole every single play? Like it it just seems like it's, it's just so much to try to handle, especially as like an inside linebacker. Yeah. I think it was worse back then because the fullback is kind of non-existent even Wisconsin's fullback and they weren't really big heavy hitters and 
nobody really runs the straight, you know, straightforward ISO. Right. right. Like that first first play you pick on NC or on Madden or something like that. Nobody <laughs> really runs that anymore. It's pulling guards and his zone schemes. And every once in a while you'll you'll have a meeting with the offensive lineman that never works out for either one of you. But um it's not bad, man. And and I always thought like as a coach, I because you usually have two or three you know, guys that, that from, from Western Nebraska that are hard-nosed fullbacks like Jano and, um, you know, Harrison Jordan and Luke McNitt. And I always thought about that as an inside backer. I'm like, let's just, even if it's not a, like a, an ISO or something like that, let's just run, rotate them. Right. And just keep running into that middle backer. And eventually he's going to want to quit, man. Cause you don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, the backup middle backer isn't as good. Right? He's supposed to play the whole, whole game but I can rotate three battering rams through the middle and eventually he's going to quit. Right. But it's not like that though. I mean, you, you get rocked a couple of times, but it's not a consistent thing. It's not like it was back in the day. Yeah. Cause we asked, we asked Mo Berry that same question and he was like, well, first of all, like going up against like Wisconsin, uh, he's like, you wouldn't even know where the running back was until he's, you know, halfway through the hole. And he's like, I don't, he's like, all of a sudden he's just there and you kind of have to make a decision. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a different kind of game, man. It's 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 a lot more mental than 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 people know, and it drives me nuts when, because uh, sometimes you know we get put on uh, FS1 or even BTN, and we kind of get the the D team announcers. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know they they say, "Well, this guy's been doing this." It's like, nah. no, he hasn't. So it, yeah. it drives me nuts when they say, "Well, that was the you know the backers' fault or the safeties when really it was the D line," and they just they don't know. Right. You know, so it's just, it's, it's a lot more cerebral um, game than people really realize sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, with this next question, I guess you can tackle it as either from a strictly linebacker, linebacker perspective or any defensive player. But if you're a defender, what kind of team would you rather go up against? Would you rather go up against a Minnesota or a Wisconsin where they are primary run or would you like to be a defender going up against a Scott Frost-esque kind of offense where they're trying to run screens on you and you speed like is there a preference as a defender on what kind of team you would like to defend um it kind of depends on what position you play so for you know for d-line and linebackers obviously we want to play the the run heavy team but if it's dbs you've got the speed because it's it's coming to you and you get, you get action all day, you know, and it kind of also depends on the, the level. Right. So to be honest, I would much rather play the Nebraska team of the last three years because they're going to go three and out pretty quick. Cause it's, you know, it's fast. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right. And we're done. Hey, do Where, you laugh for you what? Know, <laughs> That's all you can do. Right. Yeah. Like what else are you supposed to do? What, look, it is what it is. But like, if you play like, like a good organ team, so if it's like if you have the top of each, like a good Oregon team or a good Wisconsin team, Wisconsin all day, that Oregon game was a nightmare. I mean, we, we ended up getting it done, but when they went like true Oregon hurry up, damn. Like I was tapping my helmet so fast and, and running off the sideline and telling people that we played with 10 guys on one play. Because I mean, I was coming off no matter what. I started running off, tapping my helmet, and one of, one of the backups wasn't paying attention and didn't go in. So, I mean – that's brutal, but you know, <laughs> Wisconsin though, like 
it's it's a lot better to play a team like that when when both of them are good at what they do. I'd take that over the the Oregon all day. And that's right. kind of where my question stems from is, you know, as a as a linebacker, would you rather kind of get your head bashed in or do you want to run around and get tired that way? <laughs> right, so like, chasing people all day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, we've kind of seen both. Like when we played Ohio State up there and we got, you know, Tommy got knocked out and it was just the twilight zone the whole game. I, that was one of those games. I've only had it. I've only had it twice, twice in my career, where I, I literally questioned, like, why am I out here doing this? The 60, I mean, I, sixty-two I, to three game. Like I, yeah, like I'm yeah, like, I was I, there. Like I, this <laughs> hurts. Oh, I, I'm sorry about that, bro. But <laughs> like, I questioned, dude. I'm like, this hurts. Like I am beat up. Like each play, I am getting hammered, and I don't know how to stop it. Right. right, and we yeah. we could try everything we wanted, but I said, man, Twilight Zone. It would, there's nothing we could do. Like at least the Oregon game, all there is, my legs are tired. I'm running sideline to sideline, and I'm not making a tackle because they run out of bounds. But my legs are and it's going to take a lot longer for my entire body to de bruise. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 way better to run around and get your head beat in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> so let's shift to. Uh... Yeah, life after college football. Let's shift to your uh, professional endeavors that you've done so far. Looked like you you had an opportunity with the Broncos, and then maybe you went to the CFL. Am I right? Yeah, man, it's kind of been a hodgepodge mess of bouncing around. So I like I got hurt two days before my pro day, so I don't even get that. Got lucky enough that the Broncos picked me up on a free agent, so I went out there and I still hurt, and um, you know, came got went through the whole summer there and came back and got hurt before uh like preseason uh so they let me go and you know just kind of struggled getting back healthy and by that time uh you know teams kind of lose interest you're either you're hot when you're hot and then once your time has passed they kind of move on so right um i did the uh you know i went around and did a couple cfl tryouts and then that um alliance for american football that came up so i went and did that out in salt lake city with um, Terrell and DeMornay and Kenny Bell. So we were all out there uh, having a good time. And then that got canceled, um, which was unfortunate because it was a really good, really good deal, really good opportunity for us. Um, got signed with Canada like early 2019, like late 2019, like November. And it was supposed to start in May. And then Uncle COVID came around, canceled all that. And, you know, kind of seems like it's going to cancel again this year. And the spring league came up. So, uh, this is this is where I'm at now. So this is kind of my my last go around to see if I can't get back in the NFL. Nice. It's been so, a long so, so are you looking really for any opportunity, or is there a particular opportunity that you're looking for at this point in your career? Um, right now I'm I'm pretty much NFL or bust, man. I've been doing because like when you when you're still trying to play and and bounce around and everything and um like you got to do a lot of different odd jobs. So I can't commit to anything. I can't be like okay, I'm going to be a grad assistant because what am I supposed to tell the, the coach I'm going to go with? Like, hey, I'm going to commit to you, except for maybe not if I get a call. Right. You know what I mean? So I can't do any real I can't do any real career. So I've had to do a bunch of odd jobs. Like I started a furniture company. Uh, I got like my insurance license. I've been doing concrete floors. I, you know, I work on a farm, um, you know, helping with horses and property management and things like that. So like that beats up your body more than actually playing. So like where my head's at now, it's either I'm going to do good at this spring league and get a shot with the NFL 
I'm just done, man. I, I can't go do CFL or XFL. It's, it's time to time to get on with things, but you know, yeah. I'm definitely at peace with it. Do you have any desire to become a, I don't know if you, I don't know how those work, but can you can become a grad assistant or, or get into some sort of coaching um, after it's all said and done? Oh yeah. That's uh so they normally like hire people in, in, in the spring. That's when everybody kind of graduates, moves on, either going to be a coach, they're done being a grad assistant um, and things like that. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the goal. I mean, the end goal is to end up being the head guy in Nebraska, right? That's, okay. that's obviously the, that's the ultimate goal. That's what I want to do. It's what I've uh, kind of wanted to do since I actually was down there, you know? So um, that's the goal. It's going to be another journey, but at least it's going to be heading, you know, I can start heading towards something where playing gives me a little bit of credit towards it, but not as much as actually just getting into coaching. Yeah, for sure. And, and have you, have you been pretty close with, you know, uh, Scott Frost and the gang or, um, have, you know, have you been back to, to check out practices or anything like that? Not really, man. I mean, Stephen Carter, he, he's been back and Stanley Morgan, they, they've been back for training and I've been working with or you know, training with them. And we went down to one practice, but I mean, with all this COVID stuff going around, they don't really yeah. like get, they used to be able to walk in the stadium. Hey, how you doing? Walk in, no problem. But I mean, they had to let so many people go. I hardly know any of the door guys anymore and, and things like that. So it's just harder to get in down there. Still probably could. And you just got to make a couple of calls, but you know, Rude was there when I was there, so I know him, and I've I've met Chins and the other guys, but um, you know, and and Coach Frost, but it's uh, it's not like not as tight as when you played there. But a lot of the former guys that were there with Bo, um, you know, and even guys that were before Bo, I've talked to them like, hey man, like with Coach Riley, I'm like, hey, like come on down, we're like, and they're like, yeah, it's a little weird, like it's not our guy, you don't <laughs> yeah. Know yeah, like that, so. It's a different di- it's a different dynamic when there's a new head guy in the stadium. Gotcha. For okay. sure. Um, I think we can kind of wrap this up, but before we do, I just want to ask you this upcoming season, you got a win loss prediction. What are you thinking for this Nebraska team? And and you saw the yeah. updated schedule as of yesterday, correct? Yeah. yeah. Ford ham, um, Ford ham, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's a win. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I I'm thinking somewhere around that five or five or six wins again. Yeah, yeah. Just, just from I got to see something. You know what I mean? All we've mm-hmm. heard is talk, and it's never been backed up. So I I got to see something before I give them any kind of hype because we came in with hype. You know what I mean? When they mm-hmm. came in, it was you know they went undefeated and this and that. And it's going to come here and you know some uh, really honestly some of us old guys kind of old guys I say but. <laughs> the guys before that that they came in, we were a little hurt by it. I mean, they came in and they threw us under the bus. They did, you know yeah. I mean, they they we they we didn't lift. We we didn't practice hardly ever, and you know this. Right. That, so third, you want to can you can you straighten that out real quick for for the listeners? Because that's uh, been a huge topic. Did you squat? Did you lift? Yeah. Um, did yeah, you do everything ridiculous. that a normal football team did, or or that the same stuff you did in Bopolini? Well, that, let's just. It was different than Bo Pelini. It was different than Bo Pelini. We just – they were two different strength strength coach styles. And, yeah. But, no, yeah, we, we lifted. I mean, come on. What do you – like, I couldn't believe when, when that actually was going around. Like, I understand that the coaches said that, but, like, what do you think? Tanner Farm was just riding a Peloton? You know what I mean? Right. No, <laughs> we, we squatted. We lifted. We were just like any other football team. We, we, we did the metabolic actually before, like, 
the metabolic was an immediate thing. You know what I mean? Like we've done all that. And so it just, it rubbed us the wrong way. And even the guys that were still there, um, like Gifford and, and farmer and Gerald Foster and stuff, they're like, uh, like you see, we're really strong, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're on your team still. You, you can't throw us under the bus like that, but obviously certain things can't say in the media because it's one team, one unit, one thing, you know, all that's all that jazz and everything. But yeah, yep. yeah man, that was terrible. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like we, we, we were a nine win team. You know what I mean? We were one game away from going to the big 10 championship. And all of a sudden people just remember that, you know, the one year under Bob Diaco when things went, went wacky. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty wacky guy. Yeah. We, oh, we can't, we, we can't talk more about Diaco because we would, take you well over the time that you're allotted oh, man. here. So. I'll just say if, if, if banker banker would have never left, they would have yeah. been fine. It would have been an eight win team. We would have still been going. Oh man. That was, that was a bad deal. Really bad deal. <laughs> Which seems like, what, seems man. like the story of Nebraska over the last decade and a half. You know, it's, it's a like, bad deal. It's just a bad if, deal. If only, yeah. If only this man would have stayed, we would have been fine. Yeah. Should have never got rid of Frankie, man. Right. Hey, there no, it is. People, people, people just don't know the story, and you know they—it's it never is said. And, you know, I get it. It's the narrative, and, and you know you got to try and stick with what's now. And I just—I never like throwing the, the old coaches under the bus. You know what I mean? Don't yeah, throw the yeah. old people under the bus. Say so you got good things going, and we're gonna just do it a little bit different. So yeah, no. Yeah, ask anybody that was from my years; it drove them absolutely nuts. Hey, Brandon even said that he was the strongest he ever was on, under the Riley staff. So, yes, we we were we were a strong and athletic team, no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, well, thank you, um, Josh, for joining us. We appreciate taking time out to join the NBNR podcast. Yeah, man. We want to say thank you again to Josh Banderas, former Nebraska linebacker, former Ohio State victim. Um, it was really nice to have him on. So, <laughs> it was it was a uh, a very enlightening interview and he doesn't, I mean, he has an Instagram that you can follow. So I think he would appreciate it if you guys did that, but we just want to thank him again. And we're going to sign off. Um, this is one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware and Kyle Byers. And as always, GBR. <laughs>